where we sit back, relax, and discuss some of humanity's most controversial and intriguing concepts through the lens of skepticism. We have with us Richard, who is excitable, pedantic, and colorful, Laura, the energetic, passionate chatterbox, and Richard, who is enthusiastic and witty, yet, by his own definition, formless. Today, we are going to be discussing vaccines. So grab your English tea or your triple shot caramel mocha with almond milk and get comfy and join us as we unpack what we think about those sharp, stabby little needles and whether or not the COVID vaccine really has little bitty nanobot trackers. Okay, Gil. Yes. Ah, yeah, there you are. So before we get started, (laughs) yes, you said you had something you wanted to say. So take it. Yes. So I first of all wanted to say thank you to the people who have uh, found our our show so far, because um, I think those people are awesome by definition. Uh, but also for people who want to sort of get in touch with us or talk to us about the the sorts of topics that we're talking about, we've got a, a Facebook group um, which we'll definitely link in the description of however you're watching this um, episode. Um, and it's a way that people can, you know, get in touch with us about comments and feedback uh, about our shows, uh, but also just um, as a way of sort of spreading our message and proselytizing the world um, to our amazing show. So um, if you're not already part of that, please do be a part of that and enjoy all of that. <laughs> awesome. Yes. And we are interacting with people on that Facebook page. So if you guys have suggestions, feedback, Anything you want to add from what we've said, definitely throw it there because we will get in on that and start conversing with you guys. We've already added things onto our list, haven't we? Of you know things people multiple things. Yeah, yeah, super exciting. Uh, Before we start, I did put on the Facebook page, so some of you may have already seen it. I do want to make a clarification from last week's episode. Yes. Uh, Is this going to be a regular feature, do you think? Yes. <laughs> oh, we way, should have, yeah. It's called Richard Corrects Himself. <laughs> well, it, it, it's very important because what you get when you're talking to a lot of apologists, if they make a mistake, they like to move along and move the goalposts and try and escape that mistake. We're not like that here. We want to <laughs> stand up, be counted, and let our mistakes be known. So, well, to be honest, most of us just don't. By we, he means. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, when I was talking about rebirth and reincarnation, I used the words anatta and anatman as opposites, and they're not. They mean the same thing. They're both the negation of uh, atman. So atman refers to reincarnation, anatta or anatman refers to rebirth. It wasn't until I started watching the episode back that I realized I'd made that mistake. So I just wanted to clarify that before we started. And just again, before we start, I've come across a wonderful Latin word, concertare. It's it's literally the source of the word concerto in music. Ooh, nice. And it, it means to 
disagree, but also to work in line with something at the same time. And I think that's a wonderful word to describe how we should be approaching speaking to people who have opposing uh, opinions to ourselves. So we're not just going in arguing. What we're doing is we may have a a disagreement, but we're working together to try and reach a conclusion. I I love that. (laughs) Jinxies. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's beautiful. I did quite a lot of talking last week, so I'm going to let you two start today. (laughs) I love it. Okay, so the topic is vaccines. Um, Let's maybe first establish where each of us are at with vaccines, what our feelings are. And then maybe we can move on to some of the more controversial stuff, what we've heard, what other people say. Um, but what do you guys think? Like, uh, Gil, what's your opinion on vaccines? Yeah, so I mean, in general, vaccines astound me with how amazing they are. Um, and I think it's hard for us probably nowadays to appreciate that fully because we don't live in a world where people die of smallpox every day and there are measles outbreaks all over and stuff like that. We live in a world that's safe from all those things because of vaccines. Um, I I mean, I don't know if it's, again, a UK-US difference, but I feel like there's a much stronger sort of pushback against vaccines in America, or at least a louder minority of, of that compared to the UK. Um, and vaccines, generally speaking, in the UK, obviously there are definitely exceptions to that, but don't seem to be that controversial an issue. Um Obviously, the COVID stuff recently has um, prompted lots more sort of fear-mongering about it all. And I think it's an opportunity for some people to be suddenly scared of something like that because it's new and has it been tested and all this and that. And there are definitely some, you know, wild um, conspiracy theories about it all. But yeah, I mean, I was uh, vaccinated according to the NHS's infant vaccination program and I'm up to date with all my vaccines my children have all been vaccinated my wife last week had her first dose of the COVID vaccine um and I just can't think of anything medically which has improved the lives of humans all over the world than vaccines I'm relatively in favor as you can (laughs) And what about you, Jolliver? What's your what's your stance on vaccines? Uh, I'm definitely in favour. As uh, you two know, the listeners probably won't. I've been off work for almost four months now because I contracted COVID and had problems due to that. I've been in our hospital on oxygen because of it. I'm still suffering a little bit from it, although I am much, much better. Yeah. Um, my vaccination is, I'm going for my first one tomorrow. Uh, my oh, wife had her first one last week, so really looking forward to it. I can't wait. Just give it a stick them in my arm. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I've, I've had enough of COVID. I'm, I'm ready for the vaccination. So no problem whatsoever this end for it with vaccines at all. Laura, is the thing I said a moment ago about sort of a US-UK difference, do you feel that from your end? I do. So I didn't know it was less controversial in the UK per se, but it is definitely controversial in the United States. And it's all over the place. It's on the news. It's on Facebook. It's between friends. Um, I know people who don't want to get vaccinated. Um, like not just the, co- the COVID vaccination, which I think even more people don't want to get vaccinated or are weary about getting vaccinated, but just vaccines in general. Um, it is a huge conversation over here. It's bizarre. 
yeah. And it's hard, I think, to uh, for me to gauge that from from this side of the pond because I think if you go online and look at stuff, you do see the people protesting in the streets and you do see, you know, big outlandish Facebook posts about this and that. And it's hard to get a gauge, really, of sort of how prevalent that actually is or whether it is just the loudness of those few people. Um, but, yeah, like anyone I speak to, obviously I'm in the realm of education, but anyone I speak to is like, yeah, give me that vaccine. <laughs> Um, Absolutely. And I do think it is a vocal minority. I don't, when I say it's a big deal, I mean, it's, it's a loud deal, but I don't think that the majority of Americans are anti-vaccine, at least not that I've seen any data on. Yeah. yeah. So me being the token American, um, getting into my feelings on vaccines, um, I just can't help think that if you look at things like um, measles and mumps and smallpox and tuberculosis, And if you look at those numbers historically and what vaccines have done to stop those horrible diseases, it's, it's almost like a, a, a no brainer, you know, like, um, yeah. What if there are some small side effects here and there, and we can get into those side effects and we can talk about which side effects are real and which side effects are maybe more controversy, but small side effects aside, the huge impact that they've had on our health in our longevity like is just undeniable yeah that's what i've got on that yeah. <laughs> you both I look like you. uh she's talking yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get any arguments are you that the, yeah. there's you know side effects aside i was uh i was reading i saw literally about half an hour before we came on air i saw uh, uh some kind of advertisement for a newspaper article which a huge headline said new vaccines found uh, sorry new uh, side effects found for the vaccine and i thought i'll go into this it's quite time i'll go into this i'll have a quick look at it and it was literally like i was expecting like your arm falls off you turn into a crocodile <laughs> things like that you know with the, the the size of the headline and stuff and it was literally like redness around the injection area maybe a slight nose that's, like, that's just standard that that yeah. does not require a huge attention grabbing headline in any way, shape, or form. And you can probably find worse side effects listed in a box of paracetamol that you can get at yeah. the supermarket. Because um, I was trying to to work out what people have against vaccines. You know, trying to think like sort of empathetically, like put myself in the shoes of the people who are so adamantly against vaccinations in general, and obviously the COVID vaccine and stuff. Um, and I thought that'd be quite an interesting sort of thing to look at between us all um i mean i know people are often suspicious of things that governments do or that corporations do and that especially when you've got like a vaccine program which is jointly between like pharmaceutical companies and um you know government healthcare and all that sort of thing like because it's done by the corporations and by the government there must be some sort of under the radar illicit things going on um even the fact that you know i've i've seen loads of people online talking about how um the covid vaccines are just one big ploy to make money um right. you know yeah yeah absolutely um i understand historically as well that you know when vaccines first started i don't think they've ever been not controversial because you know telling people oh well we've got this bit of disease that we're going to put in you um <laughs> you know your and it'll be are, alive <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely you know your children are perfectly healthy and don't have smallpox 
So here's a bit of smallpox I'm going to put in your child. I mean, it, it sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? Um, right. But like the immune system is amazing. The immune system of the human body is amazing. And the fact that you can negotiate with it um, in, in these sorts of ways um, is just fabulous. And for the most part, like doctors want to, you know, like help people. Um, and if, if, they can, if they can get these vaccines to help people and save people, that's kind of what they're after. That almost brings up a whole nother controversy that we should touch on sometime, which is like the, the mistrust of the medical community, right? Mm-hmm. And I get there's bad people out there in every single realm. So you're going to find Absolutely. bad doctors. You're going to have those little accounts of this or that. But the, the idea that like there's this vast conspiracy that the, the healthcare industry is out to get you in these different ways. They're out to purposely hurt you to make money or they're out there to put tracking systems in you. Um, or whatever. I mean, we should probably get to that at some point during this episode, but it's just the idea that like an entire industry of people is that diabolical and untrustworthy. And yet we take our kids to the doctors when they get like strep throat and we accept their antibiotics. Yeah. Like I just, I can't understand that, that dichotomy of thinking. It it reminds me of the youngest creationists when they're like, science is wrong. Evolution's (laughs) bad, this, that, and the other. And they're telling you all this through a computer, through the internet, <laughs> which is like uses the very same science to actually get their message across and they just don't see the disconnect there. Yeah, the physics that allows me to have a cell phone is perfectly valid physics, but the physics that allows for something like um, the creation of stars and planets, no, that's just, that's just baloney. I think there's also this sort of thing that people have between you know, things that are natural and unnatural. You know, vaccines are not a natural thing. They're manufactured and they're chemicals and people freak out about the chemical names of this and that ingredients in various things. Uh, but I think you can look at anything through that lens. Like I've got a glass of orange juice with bits in it here, uh, which Americans call pulp, which freaks me out. Pulp sounds yeah. odd. Um, <laughs> but like, if I listed the ingredients to this orange juice in a scientific way, it could sound horrendously scary. And how on earth is that man drinking that concoction of chemicals? Um, and yeah, people do manufacture it and it's not naturally found in the wild. You can't like harvest it from vaccine trees, but just because something is natural doesn't mean it's better. And so just because something is manufactured doesn't mean it's worse. Um, you know, it's manufactured in a way to do good on purpose. Well, yeah, and I've, just, oh, go ahead, you first, Richard. It just reminded me of the, uh, the I'm, I'm sure we've all seen it at some point, the thing that, the meme that goes around the internet, and it's literally a list like 40, 40 ingredients long saying this is found in your body, and it's literally the chemicals <laughs> that are in blood. And uh, <laughs> it, if you just read it off, it, it looks like so controversial and like, oh, my God, if you if you listed it next to a vaccine, People be like, come freak out. That look at all that. We should put that up on our Facebook page if we could find it. That would be yeah. I'll try and find it. So I got the kids the other day, um, telling them like, did you know that in your tap water there's dihydrogen monoxide? And they freaked out for the longest time, thinking it was some sort of like health scare or something that was added to the water. And um, yeah, and it's water, dihydrogen H two monoxide. Oh, right. So yeah, depending on how you word things, you can make it sound really scary. But going back to what Gil said with the natural versus unnatural, I tend to push back against that because there's not a thing found in nature that's unnatural. So any chemical we manufacture 
is a chemical that we find in nature, right? Mm -hmm. And typically things like say anti-inflammatories, right? Like people say lavender has mild anti-inflammatory nature. Well, that mm -hmm. compound that's in lavender, it's just stronger in your pharmaceutical anti-inflammatories. They just take whatever those compounds are and they concentrate them. So yeah. that whole natural versus unnatural thing gets me every time. The word natural kind of doesn't mean anything. It kind of is almost just like a symbolic concept, you know, like, because it's- Or emotional. Yeah, or emotional, absolutely, <laughs> because you're absolutely right. You know, if, if something can be made, it is natural. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also was thinking about um, vaccines in terms of this um, tracking doodah that everyone's talking about. Yes, let's um, get into that. Because, uh, and Bill Gates's name is, and Jeff Bezos, the, their names are often brought up in relation to um, to all of this. And I don't know what business Bill Gates has with me and my family and our whereabouts and whatever else. I don't know why he's that interested. But I just think there are much easier ways to track a population uh, with technology that currently exists rather than creating a virus in order to roll out a vaccination program, which has might it just, uh, it's this Occam's razor thing, isn't it? You know, about like how the simplest, um, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but like the simplest solution to a problem or a conundrum or whatever is probably the most likely. Um, and it just doesn't I seem that correct me. I can't yeah, remember how. It's... Oh, yeah, please correct me. I know it's not quite right what you've said, but I, I, I mean, <laughs> mine's gone blank and I can't quite remember. I, I will right, you you talk. I'll that. have a Google while you're talking. I, I'll put it on our new Facebook page, everyone, that you can go to the Facebook discussion group. <laughs> you can go and find it there. But for, with you saying that, it's... Um, I love this. This is this is kind of what they do. And it's the same kind of thing I was saying about the creationists earlier. It's like, I hate vaccines because they can track me using a vaccine. And they're using the phone, which has got a bloody tracker in it. And <laughs> to, adding to complain hashtag, about it. <laughs> just had lunch with my buddy. You know, check in here at yeah, this restaurant, yeah. tag this person here. Here's the photos but they're going to track us with a vaccine with these. I'm not going to take a vaccine because it's got a tracker in it, which might tell them where I am when I'm asleep as well. And I haven't got my phone on me. Yeah. But who doesn't sleep with their phone, like right next to their bedside these days. <laughs> right. <laughs> right I I've Googled it. So. Okay. Just so we're Occam's on, razor. We're on, everybody. So what after, um, yeah. So what after lunch with a correction next week? Um, so yeah. Um, the, explanation for something that requires the smallest number of assumptions yeah. is usually correct uh so, so like, it's not the simplest no but so then conversely the more assumptions you have to make the more unlikely the explanation is um so yeah you were right i wasn't quite correct but the point i was i, making, the, um, I wasn't down. right it, it, i'd heard it on from matt dillahunty and i just couldn't remember what it said but i knew you weren't <laughs> right and i was trying to think so. we're back cool. on track yeah. Back on track. <laughs> Back on track. Okay, so nanotechnology. Where do you think that that guy that that comes from? Like, where does that conspiracy theory originate, and why does it have so much hold on our society? Like, why is it growing in popularity? Uh, I think I don't know. Go on, Richard. sorry. Go on, Richard. Sorry, <laughs> you're fine. I, uh, I I've been reading about nanotechnology in various kind of 
pseudoscience magazines for 20 years. So the concept of it's been around for a long time in kind of the pseudoscience circles, which I've always had like one finger in just to keep an eye on the opposition. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 been around a long time, but it's it just seems to be that before it was kind of the end of the world, like religious cult crackpots like uh, who who kind of pushed the idea that we were going to be trapped through mm. microchips by the and you know the mark of the beast and all that but night seems to have taken on a much more but since the kind of big vaccine controversies have come around in the last 10 years it seems to like really be pushed to the fore now that this is an actual thing and i don't understand why 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 would you think that someone wants to place tiny little i'm guessing very expensive robots inside you just to track your whereabouts and i think with any sort of advancements in technology through history people have been um sort of skeptical about it and wary of advancements in technology and you know like there was a thing about people protesting by 5g antennas as they were being launched because they were saying that that was responsible for the covid outbreak and Mm -hmm. there's all these sorts of things where i think people people want the i I don't know if it's that like people just enjoy a conspiracy as well like it's there's something juicy about one isn't there you know you we watch tv programs all the time i've just been watching designated survivor on netflix which is great although so far series three seems to have gone downhill but that's another story but like there's all sorts of conspiracies in there and you love all the twists and turns and the intrigue of it all um because we like those sorts of stories as people don't we and i guess all of these sorts of things come under that umbrella of like a big intriguing story that needs to be solved like a problem needs solving yeah, I think our brains kind of naturally tend toward that. But I'm also wondering if there's a lot of like the whole fear of the unknown worked in. So I think it's kind of like both kind of meshing together where you have this, we have that natural sense of intrigue and um, storytelling and embellishing. But then we also have this fear that our lives are outside of our control, mostly because our lives are outside of our control, yeah. <laughs> but we don't like to admit it. So we like to make it some vast conspiracy. So instead of I can't control everything that happens to me in my natural environment. Instead, it's there's this big evil big brother government who has this big vast conspiracy to track me or um, COVID was planned for this big grand purpose, um, which actually gives a lot of credit to um, the intelligence of humans to be able to pull off something like that. I would definitely have slipped up before now in this somewhere along the way. Yeah. Okay, so COVID and tracking pretty obvious that it's a it's a pretty vast ridiculous conspiracy you know most people aren't going to buy it but way more people i think are really into this whole i don't want to take the vaccine because the unknowns because it hasn't been um tested long enough or we don't know the long-term impact of it so what do you guys think about that like the idea of we have this immediate outbreak and an immediate problem but we don't fully understand the long-term impact of our solution what do you guys think about that well, there's certainly a degree of truth in it. Um, uh, not not the kind of <laughs> the uh, conspiracy truth. It has been quick. It's had to be quick to respond to the thing. Because a little over a year ago, we'd never even heard of it. Now, the, the normal uh, testing time for a vaccine 
it's a little bit like it's not as great as everyone's making out as these vaccine deniers are making out. You're not talking about five or ten years to, in most cases, to get a vaccine functional. It's been a little bit rushed through. It may not have been a hundred percent thoroughly tested, but it's. BC, I imagine that the sort of normal regulations for vaccines. Um, are purposely overcautious as well, you know, like yeah, definitely. Never usually any immediate urgency for a vaccine no. release like there has been with this, with this outbreak. So you know, and obviously regulators in lots of countries across the world have approved these vaccines, and their sole job is to make sure that it yeah. is sufficiently safe for use. Yeah. Um, and I can't see that they would have any ulterior motive for approving something that was unsafe because, again that would be found out relatively quickly as well, I imagine. It's this this idea that um, companies have motives. I've unfortunately had the conversations with the vaccine deniers about, you know, well, I can produce this, which says that this person was doing it intentionally. This company did it intentionally and they tried to cover it up. And when you actually ask for the evidence you get like really vague news articles or really bad YouTube videos. You don't or, actually... <laughs> or the evidence was deliberately destroyed or... Yeah. Um, and a lot of times... Well, when, that's when... the next step. That's the next step of creating a conspiracy. Yeah, because, the cover-up. Uh, and I mean, I, I did quite a lot of research on this when I did the conspiracy video on my own channel, but the, uh, you get this layer, which we're all prone to, of getting... Uh, having an idea, having a suspicion. There's nothing wrong with having the suspicion that people might uh, be covering things up. Sometimes people do cover things up. Sometimes corporations cover things up. But when you look into that and you can't find the evidence, what happens with most of us is we say, right, we can't find the evidence. You know, I had this suspicion. I was wrong. I'll put it aside. If the evidence comes out at a later date, I can refine what I believe. But what a conspiracy theory does, uh, what a theorist does, is they get this basic layer, they can't find the evidence, but they want to reinforce it. So they add an extra layer on top, and it always, when, no, no matter what kind of category you're looking at, it always involves some kind of cover-up. Well, I can't find the evidence. Therefore, it has been covered up. Therefore, it, it's even more true than I thought it was before because it must be a much <laughs> yeah. deeper conspiracy. And Definitely. Must be even more um, intelligent it, or good at, like, good at hiding themselves. Yeah, it creates a yeah. closed belief system. And, and then you just kind of get this runaway train effect where you just will not. The more somebody says, you know what, mate, look, you're wrong. You're literally wrong. You can't give any evidence. It just reinforces your belief system and you just keep going down the track and going down the track. And it, it's ridiculous. That That's literally all I've got to say about conspiracy theorists. <laughs> I know it doesn't make for a good show. <laughs> no, no, no. But we're, we're, we're also talking about skepticism as much as conspiracy, right? So yeah. from, a, from a skeptic's perspective, when you think about vaccines, like me from my perspective, when, when someone says, like, they just have, um, I just don't do it for religious purposes. At that point, it's like, I don't care what your reasoning is. Fine, that's, that's yeah. you. Please don't put your kids in my public school. Like, please don't expose other children to the dangers that you're exposing your own children to. And I'm probably not going to, like, love the fact that you're exposing your own children to those dangers. 
but I at least understand that they're not claiming any greater knowledge or any scientific reasoning for their position. It's just my faith says not to do this bad, whatever. When you start to get people who start to say things like vaccines cause autism and here's the data, right? That's where my skeptic kicks in and is like, well, maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't like, let's look into that. And so isn't there between making a choice about something personal to you that only affects you and then you know making a choice that not only affects other people but where you are trying to affect other people uh too uh so i was just interjecting you can carry on now no i think that's a good point because the conversation isn't necessarily like when, when it revolves around vaccines the conversation isn't necessarily um you have a right to not vaccinate your body it's you live in a society surrounded by other people and you're exposing those other people to you um, at a fairly frequent basis, right? You're not living up in the mountains by yourself. So it's not a matter of just, um, oh, I'm choosing to get a tattoo or I'm choosing to dye my hair purple, right? It's more a matter of I'm choosing to allow a pathogen into my body that could infect another person and kill them, right? And, or it could become an outbreak like what we have now. So, um, when, when it comes to the, the um, and I kind of lost what I was saying there just a little bit, but the, the argument with the vaccines and the side effects and stuff that they cause, like going back around to that, um, it really fascinates me that you can come to that conclusion without holding any data in your hand. And like, you can maybe find a news article or a loose correlation or whatever, um, so I'm wondering what you guys have heard, cause I have a little bit more to say on this, but I want you guys to talk a little bit. What have you heard about, um, vaccines and autism? I've heard a lot about it. Um, and I know cause I was born in 91, um, and there were a bit of a scare about autism at the time. And I know my, my mum basically, when she went to take me to the doctors, to the GPs, to have my, my vaccines as an infant, uh, her basic question was, you know, would you give your children this vaccine with the risks about autism that's in the news and all this? And he's like, I had my children vaccinated the other week and I absolutely recommend that you do the same. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not virologists. We're not epidemiologists. We're not, you know, us as just lay people, we're not any sort of expert in that. And there is that element of trust, isn't there, I guess, that you've got to place your lives in the hands of these medical professionals and the people who develop these these things uh, the autism thing i think is interesting because um i think it's it's really easy to find online the fact that someone did a study that was done craply and produced dubious results and as a result loads of sensationalist news was reported about the link between vaccines and autism fine okay People still cling on to that, despite there not only being loads of things to say that the studies that were done were producing these rubbish results, uh, but also that loads of other studies have been done which say very much the opposite, that, you know, autism isn't a a side effect, um, notably. But also, like, if it was such a big contributing factor to the number of children with autism you would also think that some of these people who are regulators of vaccines and whatever else would, you know, jump on that. Um, You know, if a vaccine has been through the regulation process in a country, they've deemed the professionals who understand all this much better than I do have deemed that it's actually okay. 
Um, and I think it is that element of trust, isn't it? That it's outside of our hands. We don't know all the facts. So we've got to sort of, in a way, trust that the people who do know all the facts better than I do and understand the science better than I do, right. that they actually know what they're talking about. That trust is well-earned, though, because there's been how many yeah. years now of, of vaccinating children? And people, kids aren't dying of these diseases. They <laughs> obviously work. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's well-earned. Well earned. started like in the 1700s, weren't they, with like the smallpox vaccine and stuff. Oh, yeah, they were uh, taking scabs and stuff and like breaking them up and putting them into people. Yeah. Which sounds a lot more horrendous. Than <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine picking someone's scab off and like, here, I'm going to vaccinate you with it. But I mean, yeah, that's what they had to do back then. <laughs> okay, so um, one of you had said about the autism thing um, that wouldn't we be seeing it more often or wouldn't the people who are testing all these vaccines see it. I did hear somewhere something interesting where someone said, let's say it does cause autism in a certain number of children. Like, would you rather have X number of millions of people die of these diseases? Like is autism so bad and such a terrible stigma in our society that um, you'd rather have more death and, and more disease, but less autism. And how is that, how is that, um, reflective of how you feel about autistic people like does that reflect negatively on how you feel as the anti-vaxxer on autistic people so I found that position to be really really interesting where it's like what does that say about your views on autism versus and I'm not saying that that vaccines do cause autism I was saying that the the position that was presented was like hey let's look at it this way Um, and I found that to be a really interesting argument and then like uh Jill would talk about a bit more because I've been talking yapping on for a bit um You know, it's that difference between making that choice for your child and if you think this is that risk for your child to have adverse side effects versus that decision as part of humanity, isn't it? You know, like, and it's uh, specifically as a parent, you obviously want to put your, the needs of your child first. Um, and if it's like, you know, helping this big picture earth thing with the diseases versus looking after my child, I think people can often see it in that sort of framework, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm still astounded that you say you were born in '91. Yeah. <laughs> God, I feel old. I know. <laughs> He's the baby in the group. <laughs> My great hairs are true to say the opposite. Uh, <laughs> I was born in the seventies. <laughs> uh, just to make it so we've got one old. for each decade. <laughs> <laughs> to make it sound worse as well, last century. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I had a child say to me. Um, at one point, like you were born in the 1900s, <laughs> like yeah, I was born in the 1900s. Like, like yeah, I'm thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, a point that's been slightly touched on is herd immunity and how important that is, yeah. and how these anti anti vaxxers don't seem to take that into account whatsoever when they're having the little kind of <laughs> hissy fits about uh, uh, well, it's my right. It's my right. It's my personal right not to get vaccinated if I don't want to. Well, that's fine, maybe you could be killing me. So thanks for that. You know, I mean, it's mm. and regarding autism, we were asked when when we were having our children, we've got two children and we were asked with both of them. Do you want this test? Or or I don't know if we were asked or whether we'd we'd just been given this test. I don't remember Uh, to find out if our children were autistic to see if they were whether we'd want to go through with the birth or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, both me and my wife said, well, 
It's irrelevant. Yeah. Right. You still have those children, whether they were autistic or not. It, it, it wouldn't make a difference to us if our child... I don't know what, what kind of stigma these people have against like autistic people. As though they're somehow come some kind of subhumans and shouldn't be kind of born into this world. Yeah, I think that's the point that I had overheard that I was trying to make earlier, although I wasn't very like, eloquent about it. But um, that's the point that I think that they were trying to make was what is so bad about autism that it's mm. that it's that stigmatized in society. In a lot of um, ways, autism is like a superpower. <laughs> you know <what> I mean, like, <laughs> it could, it could, autism can do amazing things to a human brain like that just baffle me and astound me. It's a superpower. <laughs> That's it. Final word. Boom. Yeah. Done. done. (laughs) No, but okay. So one thing that I wanted to interject before we move on from the autism and vaccine discussion, if we're ready to move on, we can stick Mm. with it. But, um, I had heard a podcast somewhere. I want to say it was, um, Sam Harris is making sense, but, and I'm throwing that out there just in case someone wants to go out there and look it up. Um, I can't remember, but they had a, um, a professional on talking about vaccines and autism. And they had said that the scare happened because around the same time that they were doing these vaccine studies, they had changed the definition of autism and what they included within the autism spectrum. So suddenly you went from having very, very, very few births of autistic children to like this blow up of births. And it wasn't that we were having more autistic children. It was that more children were included within that spectrum based on the new definition. And I really wish I had that study in front of me. I tried looking for it this morning to bring it onto the show and um, I just ran out of time and couldn't find it. But um, like, it's like the converse of when the UK government reduced the number of people in poverty by redefining what poverty, what poverty is. Yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yes. So a lot of times when you're looking at statistics, you can't just look at the raw numbers. You have to look at where those numbers came from, what the, the grouping of people is, what's being included within that study. Um, because otherwise you can fudge the data to make it look like whatever you want. And a lot of, um, a lot of times when people are referring to the old, like, I think it was back in the seventies, was it with the whole first autism scare? That's what they were talking about was the government or the CDC or wherever I'm probably getting my, my companies or my words wrong, but redefining what autism is, um, to include more people. So anyway, something to look into or something to research in terms of, the link because I found that fascinating. I, I don't think I have heard that before. Now you mentioned it, I've completely forgotten about it. But I, it did ring a bell when you mentioned that that I've heard that as well somewhere. I'm totally uneducated on this subject, by the way, on on the subject of vaccines and things like that. I've really no idea, so I'm just along for the ride on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Um, what about vaccines have we not covered yet? We haven't really touched much on the religious aspect of it. I know I kind of barely touched on it. Because um, I don't really know much about that aspect, and I didn't really realize that people could have religious objections. I mean, people can have religious objections to whatever they like, but I've not yeah. really heard that that much about that aspect. Would you elaborate on that a bit for me? So, yeah, from what I've heard, it's similar to the, the Jehovah's Witness idea of the blood transfusions, but I, I, like, I don't know the exact um scriptures or reasoning or how they all but they, just the idea that um and maybe it does come down to like personal autonomy or um if god wanted us to be immune to that he'd make us immune to it like i i would really have to read up more on that particular argument so maybe that's an argument that we just kind of gloss over and 
don't try to touch too much on. Um, I think the but I do know it's out there. Similar, I think the Amish have a similar kind of, of, of idea as well, that you shouldn't really um, have, I don't know if it's necessarily blood transfusions, but they're very funny about going to hospitals and things like that. And again, I don't know the scriptural source of it. I think there is a scriptural source of it. I'm really ill-prepared tonight. <laughs> so there's lots of things in, sitting just in the back of my mind that I think, yeah, I, I have heard that. Don't that be I can't the quite put my finger on it. What was <laughs> that? Right? Tonight. That should be the tagline of the show. <laughs> Unprepared for vaccine <laughs> discussion. No, but yeah, in the, a way, I tend to do that sort of on purpose so that what we're talking about is just our yeah. knowledge and we're not trying to present yeah. ourselves as scholars or we're not presenting all these oh, studies. Definitely. But I do, I did find um, some interesting links on the CDC when I was sort of like refreshing my brain on this. Um, and I'll, I'll put those on the video notes if you guys want. But um, I think it is something that it's a lot more complicated to talk about than just say like ghosts or God, because there's so yeah. much um, data and science that needs to be included versus just um, like just thoughts and experiences. And and the thing is, we've come into this, I think with, uh, I mean, the title of the episode is vaccines, which is, is wide open and could, we could literally just talk about the studies but I think the preconception with the idea behind the show is to come in and talk about those people who have kind of wayward views about them or uh, views not aligned with the, the data and then come in and we kind of break the, down those arguments, which which does lead us to the religious thing. And I can't remember that there is a text. There is a text and I will find it and I will put it on the Facebook group. So which, join the Facebook group explicitly tells you about why the Jehovah's, Jehovah's Witnesses and people won't take um, blood, blood transfusions and things like that. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think as well, like my dad, for example, he was born in the 50s uh, and when he was a child, he had whooping cough um, and vividly remembers, you know, that being a thing and like people having to stay away from the house and uh, that fear of these diseases and illnesses. And, you know, when you read statistics about like in the in the 20th century, I think I read something like between 300 and 500 million people. That this, I'm probably completely misremembering this, but like between 300 and 500 million people died from diseases which now are vaccinated against and people don't die from. Right. I probably just picked that number out of my ass. But like we just, and I think I said it at the beginning, like we just live in a world that is free from so many diseases, which have been like the scourge of humanity for just millennia and just being ongoing. Like, you know, infant mortality is crazy low compared to what it's been even, you know, 50 years ago, let alone, you know, talking further in the past, you know, you read, look in the past, you know, I go into the graveyard by my house and you see gravestones and plots where families have had like three children buried to their age one and two and five and whatever from, you know, these diseases that we just don't even consider nowadays. Um, we just don't consider. And I think it's, it's, and I think I, I was about to say the word miraculous, but it almost feels yeah. miraculous. It, you know, how something actually now that it's all in place is quite simple to do. Uh, and simple to have done and is readily available for people in, you know, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
like developed countries um right. healthcare systems um yeah so i think ingenious is the good is a good word for that um yes. because it really is ingenuity that's gotten us there but i think that you bring up a good point um i think even as people who take vaccines, we can really take for granted what it is that they really do for us. Like you, you go in with your two-year-old kid and they're like, great, here's your shot update. And you're like, awesome, good. See you later. And then you go to enroll your kid in school and you're like, here's a shot record. We're good to go. And it's just sort of something that's arbitrary and we don't even think about, but you because bring up a good, a good point. vaccination program results in nothing happening. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like you eat food and then you don't starve and die. Right. And so you take for granted how important things like food and clean water is, right? And yet there's still people all over the world who don't have those things and are still like suffering from the diseases that we get vaccinated from um, or are still struggling with some of the things that we don't struggle with from day to day. Um, So when you talk about the person who's anti-vaccine, I think there's an even larger level of taking for granted or really failing to see exactly the, the society that they live in, how it got to be the way that it was. Um, because we don't have like the black plague and we don't have like measles, mumps and diphtheria and all these other things that, that kill people or maim people or, um, like destroy lives and families. So, um, they don't have to worry about that when they're making the decision. It's just, well, everything around me is fine. I'm good. I'm probably not going to catch smallpox. So no, I'm against that. Um, so I think there's almost a heightened level of feeling safe, um, but taking for granted, like the the vaccines that you're denying yourself or denying your children are what's making you safe. I think this comes back, it brings us back round as well to the kind of the, the balance of conspiracy theories, because there are, as, as we said earlier, there are a legitimate um, concerns regarding people covering things up and you have to take it an extra level to get a conspiracy theory. But why do these, why are these people so concerned about not taking a vaccine because they think they might have a microchip in their arm, when they could legitimately be concerned that people in third world countries aren't being properly vaccinated. No, why don't they put their energies into that kind of thing, into legitimate uh, protest uh, about vaccination rather than... They put a lot of energy and time and effort into these these things, don't they? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. A lot of time watching YouTube. (laughs) <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with youtube subscribe <laughs> <laughs> hashtag subscribe <laughs> okay so um vaccines in terms of skepticism what level of um, so bringing it back around away from the conspiracy theorists and away from the anti-vaxxers to just the everyday person what level of education do you think that we need in order to be um, justifiable or justified in saying yes, this vaccine that I'm giving my child is safe and I do feel good giving it to them. Um, Because there's a lot of studies out there and they sway hard in the direction of vaccines being helpful, like we've been talking about. But the average everyday person, how educated do you think that they need to be on that? Is it, oh, this is a difficult one. Is is it a level of education? I I was going to say, or is it a, a poverty level thing? How many anti-vaxxers do you get? Or, or are they intertwined anyway? How many anti-vaxxers that... do you get that are kind of middle class? I don't know what the class system's like in America, but in, in Britain, the middle class or the like rich right, middle class. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh, oh, oh. 
<laughs> or working class. You know what I mean? What I don't. I'm not sure what the balance is. It'd be interesting to find out those numbers. So what is what out. is your hypothesis that that the lower or higher the class level, the more or less the, likely the, they are? The lower the class level, the less likely they are to trust vaccines. That would be an uh, interesting study. I haven't heard anything like that. Neither but, um, have I. That's why. Yeah. And then you have to look into how much does poverty impact education and then how much does yeah. education impact the decision. So that that seems like a whole complex socioeconomic question that would be fascinating to look into. Rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not okay. for this show, but no. no, that that would be really um, interesting to answer, though. I think it's because obviously skepticism is about questioning established thought and about sort of, yeah, not accepting stuff until you've dug into it and, and what have you. That's a real bad definition. But I think in, in some ways with this, we we almost sort of outsource uh, a certain part of our skepticism in this case, don't we? Because I can't physically myself go out and test a vaccine. Mm-hmm. I can't test its effectiveness, its safety. Um, I can't do those things. Uh, but I I know that there are people whose job it is to do those things and ask those questions. And obviously when you go to the doctors and, you know, you're going for a vaccination, you're given information about all the side effects, you're given information about the benefits and who it's for, who it, who can't take it, like any medicines. Um, and, yeah, I think it comes back to that level of, of just trusting those people that they're doing the best they can, they're doing the jobs to the best of their ability. And I don't know if it's, again, I, I spoke a little earlier about the difference between US and American um, systems and stuff. I don't know if it's the difference between having a, a private healthcare system and a universal healthcare system that like, you know, I don't think straight away, oh, they're doing this because they're trying to make money because mm-hmm. I didn't pay for the vaccine. And I know the government will have paid for the vaccine, the NHS will pay for the vaccine, but it's not like, I don't see it as this big like financial thing and I don't know if that's just because yeah I live in a country with a universal healthcare system I think that's a pretty good point because you do hear that a lot in America and I don't know how it compares to the way that people talk in um, the UK but um, a lot of it the bottom line of a lot of arguments comes down to money and when it's not I don't want to pay the money it turns into well you just want to make the money right and so that is a really interesting argument for me like not just with vaccines but with medicines and stuff like that and I know that there is like talk about like the price of um diabetes medicine in america um especially if you don't have health insurance versus when it's universal and they're just like here's your diabetes medicine right it suddenly becomes a huge discussion and a valid one like why why people are paying so much more when they don't have health insurance and stuff like that so that is a whole nother tangled web when you're talking Mm -hmm. about vaccines and being for or against them um did you agree with my representation of of that then uh, yeah, just yeah, without having to do much research or just thinking about it off the top of my head, I think you're you've, you're onto something. I I, th- I just wanted to back up just one just to address one point. Not that I disagree with anything you've said, but I you're think allowed that, to. No, no, I don't. <laughs> you should. We've had no I disagreement. <laughs> but I think I think there needs to be a distinction if we're talking as skeptics. There needs to be a distinction made that you said you've not done the research, you've not done this. You're just trusting them. However, you are not prohibited from going out and learning about that stuff. There's mm-hmm. nothing stopping you going on an academic course and learning about that stuff and becoming being yeah. in that position where you yeah. could do that research yourself. Absolutely. There's no prohibition there. 
And and I think that that's oh, physically myself this second. I don't have the ability. Yeah, to yeah. that's what we're saying. Yeah. The other but, thing but, is, oh, go ahead. I was just going to finish by saying that the uh, we, we can go and do that if we so choose to do that, and I think that informs that trust. It's not just a blind trust that these people know what they're doing. We're not just being told that you know vaccines are good, therefore you should take it. Yes, sir. Blindly follow. We have that information. We have we we're safe in the knowledge that we can go out and learn about that, and we're not being prohibited from doing that. And that reinforces that trust we have in them. Yeah, that's a really worthwhile clarification. I appreciate. Yeah, that, yeah. that is true. The other thing I want to add to that, like with anything that we say, um, or at least anything that I say, because I'll just speak for myself, is that if I say like, "Oh yeah, I think you're onto something," um, I'm not against being totally wrong. So if I'm like, no. you know what, there, there might be like, when you say, why is there such a big argument with, um, they're just trying to make money and we kind of draw these like loose connections or correlations, there might be absolutely nothing to that. And it might be total hogwash, but, um, being able to be like open to that and receiving to that, like, oh, well, that was a hypothesis. It sounded good to me, but it was wrong. Right. So that when we're having these discussions and we're just throwing out there, like, oh, I believe this, and I think that as a skeptic, that's really important to clarify. And thank you, um, Jilliver, for clarifying that, is that you have to have that willingness at least to correct yourself or be wrong, right? But that doesn't and, mean- And that's, go on, sorry. Finish. Oh, I was just going to say that doesn't mean you can't, you don't always have to withhold judgment in the moment. You can say, oh yeah, in the moment, I, I agree with that or that sounds good. But yeah, like I was saying. I think that that's the importance of the clarification I made at the top of the show, even though it's on a completely different level. The, mm-hmm. You should be open to saying, you know what, I got that completely wrong. <laughs> it might look, it might yeah. look a bit reduced, but it doesn't matter. Uh, it's fine. And the more you get you used to saying it, it, yeah, it gets easier. <laughs> it's not. It, it's like we said on one of the previous shows. I don't know if it was the ghost one or God that we are. It's it's one of those things, admitting that you're wrong, it's one of those things like saying, I do not know, which is not done anywhere near enough. It's not encouraged anywhere near enough. And it is vitally important for us to do that kind of thing. Yep, absolutely. And actually, so now that we're at that, we're about at an hour. Um, so this wrapping up. Wow, that whole, went fast. I know. But what's so where we're at now, I think we've kind of closed in on the conversation of vaccines and now we're kind of moving more into just discussing our own skepticism, um, which is great. I think it's, it, it draws a nice, pretty natural end to this show without having to like cut off in the middle of a deep conversation. So that makes me really, really excited. I think it just it sort of tied up some loose ends along the way as it sort of the bits and bobs we were talking about that, didn't it? Yeah. Okay. So do we want to start wrapping it up now? Do you guys yes. remember the, the outro? Yeah. All right. We're going to try this guys. <laughs> Okay, so thank you guys all for joining us. We are Laura. Is it me? Richard? Yeah. <laughs> and Richard. And this is Skeptic Hangout. Uh, I forgot the next part. <laughs> Until next time, keep questioning. Interrogate your beliefs. And stay skeptical. Bye, everyone. Yeah. <laughs>